Again to the good trash genre cast, where people gather around a table and we we uh, analyze the films that'll never find their way into a film studies course. Had a bit of a cheat last week. Back on track now. Yeah, we are doing what we are here to do, which is Canon Films Bloodsport, starring Jean Claude Van Damme. Not to be confused with Bloodsport about KFC and a terrible, terrible um, multiple murder that happened in the early seventies. <laughs> Bloodsport. <laughs> Coming to you from Bloom House. <laughs> oh, me, oh my. So here you go. Um, we're going to do this thing that we always do. But let's uh, go ahead and identify the voices speaking to your brains. Who are you, sir, that is very dapperly dressed? I am Arthur Gordon and Dalton. Show me your dim mock. <laughs> oh, not again. Time and place, buddy. Not Time and place. Again. <laughs> All right. Uh, sir, who are you to my left? My name is Dalton Stewart and Kubate! 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 Really? Nothing, guys? I really thought I was... Can we get a Kumite? No, 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 nothing? No, nothing. Nope. Well, no. That was worth a shot. All righty. My name is Dustin Sells, and I love anything full to- contact. I need a few more scars on my face. <laughs> and uh, here we are doing this thing. Uh, that's right. Ogre from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. That's him. Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's going to be a good time <laughs> for all of us. Now, to let you know, in case it's the first time you've tuned into the Good Trash Genre Cast, this is an analysis show, not a review show. And that means that we will probably spoil the film in which uh, Ray Jackson and Frank Dukes have a scene on the beach where they profess their undying love for each other and kiss so much. It's great. Um, Got it, if only. Um, so we're going to spoil that, but we're going to wait to spoil that at the end of the film, or at the end of the film, the end of the podcast in this case. And uh, so what we'll do, though, to give you a brief reprieve is this. We'll have a synopsis from the voice of the cinema, uh, or the voice of the Kumite, as it were, Mr. Arthur Gordon. And then we'll have our quick thumbs up, thumbs down review, spoiler free. We'll play a game which might involve a mild spoiler or two of this film and other films in its orbit. And then we move right on into our analysis. It'll be business time, and you will have a... Kicky little bumper to let you know kinky. that. Kinky. Uh, kicky, not kinky. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of kinky, actually. No, <laughs> I was about to say, you know, you, you say what you will, buddy. Uh, it's, it's kind of both, actually. You say tomato, <laughs> I say tomato. So it's a kinky bumper uh, that'll let you know that we're going to get down to that sexy, sexy analysis. So <laughs> you, <laughs> we're, we're giggly today. It's going to be Wine fun. me, dime me, philosophize falof- falof- me. <laughs> <laughs> falafel me. Hey, baby. <laughs> I thought you were saying falafel. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like falafel better. Philosophize. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, there are film theory jokes I can make that are sexy, but I don't think that's going to work. Freud. Yeah. Uh, okay. S- whisper sweet Freudian sayings into my ear. Okay. So, uh, without any further ado, then, let's hear that synopsis from the voice of the cinema. Bloodsport follows Frank Dukes. An American martial artist serving in the military who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where fights to the death can occur. 
They can, and sometimes they do, and uh, we will talk more about that anon. So, guys, Bloodsport, um, tell me about the quality of this piece of cinema and uh, just how wonderful it is. I go to you first, Dalton Stewart. Tell me how awesome Bloodsport is. Well, Dustin, you you know to only expect the finest quality from Canon Pictures. No, Uh, only the finest. No. Infamously, that's not the case. They Uh, make Hollywood films. That is what uh, Menahem will tell you, or what? Yeah, no, he's still alive. That's what Menahem will tell you. Occasionally, they shoot him in Hollywood, uh, a time or two. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, Bloodsport is from Canon Pictures, um, a, a very infamous, uh, not even directed DVD, a very infamous indie studio uh, from the uh, late seventies through to the early nineties, uh, yeah, right about eighty-eight to nineties at the collapse. Um, but pretty infamously put out a. Uh, Bunch of Drek, uh, including a couple of pretty big hits like the Death Wish sequels and uh, some Chuck Norris movies. Uh, and Bloodsport was, a, you know, not a, an insignificant hit for them, although it came a little bit uh, too little too late. Uh, it's not a good movie. Uh, it's it's not even good for a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And that's saying something like I, even if you adjust your expectations that much, it's just really unimpressive. Uh, it's boring and played out. It's a pretty uh, standard story of a a white man uh, attaining Eastern knowledge so he can go and compete and show how much better he is uh, at the Eastern knowledge than the people. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a white guy goes to a martial arts uh, island. The all-American Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, look, say what you will. I am glad that they address his uh, his Belgian accent in the film. Let's not pretend that Jean-Claude Van Damme is, uh, you know, as red-blooded American <laughs> as apple pie. Good old boy. Yeah, the, he, he comes from Belgium, and that's fine. And I, I'm glad that they address that. They They try to pretend he's Cajun and hard target. So, yeah, there are worse ways to do it than just uh, uh, than to say that uh, his families are immigrants, which honestly makes for a potentially interesting story. Uh, the idea that his uh, Shidoshi uh, is this uh, Japanese war vet who came to the U.S. after the war uh, and that his folks are also immigrants and, you know, that, that this kind of ties their families together. That's an interesting choice. It's not really what they do. It's just kind of to get around his accent and it's kind of forgotten about. Uh, but yeah, no, even the fights aren't good. You're thinking, what, what about the main course, Dalton? What about the song and dance numbers? That's what we came here for. They're bad. They're bad fight scenes. They're not good. The editing's bad. Uh, you can tell that they did their best. And famously, Jean-Claude came back in after like an early cut and was like, let's re-edit these fight scenes. Like, like let's work these fight scenes back out. I think they even did some reshoots. And you, I wonder how bad they were originally. Cause again, the fights are not that great. There's a lot of showcasing of Jean-Claude's athleticism, a lot of really impressive kicks and a lot of stretching, uh, but there's not, there's not a propulsiveness. There's not a rhythm or a percussion to the fight scenes uh, the way you get out of, you know, even other films from this era, even a good um, um, Jackie Chan movie or a Jet Li mm-hmm. movie from the late 80s that are, you know, coming out of Hong Kong, not just set in Hong Kong. Uh, those, those movies have a real propulsiveness to their fight scenes right and some really inventive stunt work and camera work and i I don't know if it's the set that the kumite takes place on but they're not really or or the director's experience not really being what it needs to be for this picture but it just doesn't work ever and the one place the one place that blood sport should work is during the fight scenes and uh, it doesn't even have that going for it and uh that's not even getting into all the other gross racist stuff that happens in this movie, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later. Yeah, lots of that later. Thank you for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Okay, Arthur Gordon, tell me why Bloodsport is amazing. Ooh, you might have to look somewhere else for that uh, review. Oh. Um, Bloodsport is just bonkers. Uh, and Bonkers is a good There's a part it. of that that's really fun. There's some really just like laugh at this movie, not laugh with this movie moments. 
Oh, man. I, I, Echoing Dalton is just boring for me. I, and I think it's just this uh, style of shooting the film that's almost... It, it's more of a kind of a realistic way to shoot it and the way the fights are kind of choreographed rather than this kind of more sensationalized, you know, really quick uh, a average shot link that we're kind of used to with fight sequences. You know, it's here. It's just kind of kind of a little longer takes, kind of following the guys around the podium i guess yeah. it's not really ring it, but it's what makes it really obvious that they're pulling their punches a lot of the times yeah. unfortunately uh but uh you know it's it's kind of weird this is my first time watching a jean-claude van damme film uh oh what a special occasion for uh, you yeah i'm not really uh pushed to watch many more after this but um i i did watch uh the one universal soldier which wasn't much better uh but as far as blood sport it's just eh i i don't care it's weird and there's the weird flashbacks with the younger Jean-Claude and I wasn't really sure about that kid or his accent. Um. Okay. Is it, <laughs> does it sound like he might be a touch slow? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm glad we addressed yes. it. I'm, I'm glad. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. You're, you're right there, Arthur. I, I, I should not have neglected to mention just how bonkers this movie is, which does make it fun potentially for group viewings. I, yeah. I watched it alone, which kind of prohibits that to some extent. Uh, but there is a real, like, how the hell did this get made uh, quality to this film. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, so I, I don't have much to offer. I, I don't really have much to praise about the film. And I don't want to rag on it too much. But, I mean, it's certainly a product of its time and also of the studio, this, this group that's putting together just these quick turnaround schlocky films and uh we all watched the electric boogaloo uh documentary at some point both dalton and i watched it this week to kind of freshen up and prepare for this but um you know these guys are turning around these movies one or two a week and uh essentially they're uh, they're taking a script they're looking at the script throwing it out and they're just shooting the kind of enthralling parts that they think uh americans i think in specific would uh, really take to and and i think they did you know Bloodsport was somewhat successful um, I know a lot of people hold it in high regard as far as a martial arts film and Jean-Claude Van Damme and really enjoy it. I am not one of them. Uh, if I'd watched this as a kid, probably would have some nostalgia for it, but I have absolutely no horse in this race and, uh, I don't like it. And I watched it as a kid and I couldn't muster very much nostalgia for it. I, there's fond memories of watching this movie uh, with my dad and buddy, I couldn't even like use that to like muster enthusiasm for this movie. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I'm guessing Dustin here is going to be the, the, the lone uh, crazy person who defends this film. So well, let's gonna, see what happens. Yeah. I'm going to begin with a line from I, Universal. I'm going to go ahead and say, I wouldn't impine the mentally ill. There's like plenty of people who uh, might suffer from mental health issues that are smart enough and, you know, aware of their surroundings enough to not like blood sport. Right. <laughs> So let's go ahead and not call that take crazy. I don't know what it is. Is it is it fearless? Is it uh, Gonzo? What is it to like Bloodsport, Dustin? Well, clearly, um, again, to take a line from Dolph Lundgren from Universal Soldier, clearly you guys need to take your medication because <laughs> this movie is so much fun. I mean, yes, it is bad. Oh, goodness, it's bad. And as an adult watching it now thematically, it's worse because it's got really, really broken sexual politics, uh, racial politics, and, uh, again, just l- uh, lots of nutso things that the problems of autobiography and Frank Dukes and who he is <laughs> yeah, and who, a, a liar more or less who he isn't right yeah. uh, so that's all very very troublesome but I, I think uh, something could be said about this film that, that I have not seen a wrinkle in time yet mm-hmm. but I think one of the things that's coming out in terms of the reviews and uh, sort of where you place this film in terms of your critical eye is you have to think about who it's for and then who it's for is six to seven 
13-year-old boys renting it on VHS in the basement, watching it you know, as a sleepover or just hanging out one day, and they're throwing around the cushions and jumping around watching this movie. And for that, it is perfect. There's nothing wrong with it at all for that purpose of just some kids wanting to watch some people get punched in the face, right? Yeah, They're, except for the the uh, racial and sexual well, yeah, politics. Again, again <laughs> thematically, it's deeply broken. It must be followed with a conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's that, This is not a movie you can just, like, give to children and say, have a good day. This is life. Yeah, you got to yeah. follow up with him on this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I'm totally, totally it's a real fair. check-in after the fact. But, but my love for the muscles from Brussels, one Mister uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, will not go, uh, will not be quenched. It, there's nothing that's going to stop that. I've got some love for JCVD. And, I'm not going to pretend I don't. But and, this movie, Dustin, you you know this movie's not fun to watch, right? It, well, okay, it, okay, and that's the that's the bad. I mean, again, as an adult, you don't realize just how bad the script is, mm-hmm. how bad the acting is. I mean, there is a moment in the movie where uh, Jean-Claude is talking to Hishidoshi after the death of the son of Shingen Shingo. Totally forgot. Um, Look, I don't remember anybody's name from this movie. I'm going to be perfectly honest. It's fine. But after this death, and he says, you know, and you have loved me, and he looks away. Like a son. I mean, it's it's so terrible. I mean, it's the worst. Uh, but that being said, uh, Jean Claude is very athletic, and mm-hmm. I mean, you know, those sort of uh, repeated tornado kicks. Love showing that he can do the splits. Yeah, those, those splits that he does, and uh, the sort of meditation stuff that he's trying to do is a lot of fun. Working in some ninja stuff and good training montages. I mean, it's a good time. Uh, also, deeply problematic and awful. So this is one of those movies that I give like two stars to one star on a letterbox and give like seven hearts uh, because okay. I love it and it's awful and I, that's okay. I don't feel like the fights are that good though. I don't feel like the thing you came for. Maybe for the time. Yeah, okay. That's I, Well, maybe a little for the time and also uh, most of these guys are pretty lousy martial artists and I think you can t- I can tell that now mm-hmm. but I think it is shot in a way that it hides just how bad they are and uh, there, there are ways these guys look to be more skilled that again a 13 year old boy would go these guys know kung fu. Um, they don't, but it's okay uh, because it looks like it, and it. If inspires... your kung fu includes uh, an uppercut to the balls, uh, man, my kung fu always includes. <laughs> I love, I love that one of the big hero moments for Jean Claude Van Damme in this film that is a star vehicle for him features him in a moment of heroic triumph, punching another dude in the dick. <laughs> Real hard. <laughs> Here's what I have to ask, though. Okay, the cup has existed for some time now. Had ex- no cups in the Kumite. Had existed for some time. It's come- full contact, no, baby. Yeah, if it's full contact, I'm wearing a cup, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you There's right no now. There's no protective like, gear yeah, in the yeah, Kumite. strap is required This is equipment. an ancient tradition. No. Yeah, no mouthpieces, <laughs> no no jock straps. Like, no, this is basic. No, I, I realize, you know, you can have martial arts tournaments with or without shin guards, with or without foot and uh, uh, hand gear or headgear, but you, you're gonna wear a cup. This is this is why you fail. You underestimate the Kumite. Yeah, this is this is why I win because Jean Claude Van Damme breaks his hand when he tries to do the splits and hit me in the junk. Uh, this movie's wacky. It's it's real wacky, and that's part of its charm for me. It's just how how awful it is. I mean, totally fair. I, as as I laugh at the movie now, it's almost fun in a new and different kind of way. Yeah, and I'm all for it. So uh, there you go, dear listener. Our, our, our biases are pretty con, really, overall, even though I 
have the nostalgia goggles on hard yeah. today, and that's just fine. So uh, there you go. That's where we're coming from and where this movie begins for us as we make this journey of discovery to the land of Hong Kong. But before we go into that journey, we need to talk about how you can journey with us via those magical means of social media. Dalton, say the words. I, I'll do that, Dustin, but only because you asked me to. Uh, we can be found on Twitter at good underscore trash. That's the place to go to learn everything you want to know about what's going on with Good Trash Media, not just our show, The Good Trash Genre Cast, uh, but also uh, The Praise Down with Heath and Alex, the, uh, the show where uh, two sweet boys who used to be Christians talk about Christian music uh, in a way that uh, is academic and thoughtful and sweet and not too mean. Uh, it's kind of like what we do on this show. It's but, quite kind. But with Christian music. Uh, so that's the other show on the network. Uh, you can follow information about that show over at uh, good underscore trash uh, at twitter.com. You can also stay tuned there for, you know, other projects we might be working on in the future. So I don't know. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, uh, more things may happen. We're also on Facebook. We don't really check it, but we're there. It's facebook.com forward slash GTM. You can send us some long-form feedback if you're inclined to. That's GoodTrashGenreCast at gmail.com. And uh, definitely subscribe to the show. Rate and review us on your, your, your iTunes and your Stitchers and wherever you get this and put it into your ears. That's a big help for us. Uh, honestly, the biggest way you can help us, though, is just uh, spreading the word uh, out in the world. Uh, tell people you like uh, who like movies about the show. Uh, if this uh, has improved your life, uh, you know, maybe share it. Spread the good news, uh, as it were. Finally, if you you are moved to do so, you can give us money if that's something you want to do. Uh, That does help keep the lights on over here. That is patreon.com forward slash GTM if you want more info about how to support the show and uh, how that can benefit you, such as our upcoming conversation about Mute, the Netflix original movie. Oh, which was a very good conversation about a not very good movie. Another bad bad. movie. Uh, Arthur, it's a good thing we went and saw Thoroughbreds this weekend because otherwise we'd watch a lot of bad movies. We need a palate cleanser. Yeah, no shit. Whew. What and what a palate cleanser! Oh yeah, buddy! Oh, we stepped up to the hundred year wines. Man, that should be a Patreon content. Maybe, Thing. yeah. Dustin, go go see Thoroughbred so we can do a, <laughs> okay. so we can do some Patreon content. I'll see what I can get done. All right, so oh. that's yeah, that's the social media stuff. I'm done. All right, enough of this foolishness. I think it's time to play the game. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game. She got game. We got game. They got game. He got game. It might feel good. It might sound a little something. But fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. And we are back with the game that everybody plays, but nobody wins. Much like the Kumite, because the moral tolls just dredge on on all of you right i don't so, know i think jcvd feels pretty good about himself and probably doesn't seem so. like he's too bothered by anything that happened yeah well this week's game is our favorite movie tournaments oh that's right favorite movie tournaments brought to you by blood sport blood sport when your life is sad and boring and there's there's nothing good happening for you you can lie and say you fought in an underground martial arts tournament and see if you can trick people into making a movie about you Yes, That's my goal. and joining your dojo mm-hmm. because no way is better to you know develop a martial art about honor and duty than to lie about having honor or you having said done duty. Your- Duty. He did say duty. I did say <laughs> you duty. said it. So, well, there you go, uh, dear listeners. So here come our picks. Number first, Arthur Gordon. What's your favorite tournaments? Mortal Kombat. Dun, dun, oh man. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. I no. feel like we're just going to steal each other's picks. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I I think I've got 
I, I tried to go as out of the box as I possibly okay. could. Uh, you know, the, the classic uh, independent film from the auteur Paul uh, Thomas Anderson uh, <laughs> is just a masterpiece. Yeah, I um, wish. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish. Uh, yeah. That's uh, the other Paul Anderson. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis as uh, Johnny Cage. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Mama. Um, Ken Watanabe as Raiden. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so good. Uh, that's the movie we need. Oh, that's the Mortal, that's Kombat. The Mortal Kombat we deserve. Yeah, no shit. No, we got the Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson, Anderson one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God bless him. Uh, the uh, uh, Mortal Kombat is just a lot of fun. Uh, just uh, really one of the first big video game adaptations, I think, after Mario Brothers. A really. huge one. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. And I, I think it's after Street Fighter, right? Or is it around the same time? Uh, I'm going to say after because I think Mortal Kombat was 95 and I think Street Fighter was 93, 93. Yeah, or 4. That's right. But yeah. uh, Mortal Kombat, I think uh, it's not necessarily good, but I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, you got some... They do a good job bringing some of those characters to life, and I, I, it's fun to follow that along, especially if you're familiar with that as a, you know as a kid and seeing that. And I think it plays better than a lot of other those uh, video game adaptations that we got, you know, for better or worse. Uh, but it's just fun, and Goro's there and having a good time, and Raiden. It's and, a fun and puppet. The whole game. Yeah, uh, and so uh, Scorpion, and you know, seeing all those kind of come to life. There's always something fun about. It. It's like the Marvel thing, right? It's just fun seeing those kind of characters come to life. And so I think Mortal Kombat's on that list for sure. No. Oh. I, a strong pick, Arthur. I, I second that very, very highly. I, I think it, its wackiness works in its favor. Yeah. Don't try to cut me off. I'm going to big him up for uh, going to bat for Mortal Kombat. No, that's totally fine. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon and Dalton. Dalton, what's your number first pick? <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I am going to go ahead. Uh, do you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. Uh, the Sam Raimi film, The Quick and the Dead? Yeah. I'm not. You have not. Arthur. I love The Quick and the Dead. Yeah, see, Dustin, this is the tournament movie that puts on nostalgic goggles for me. Mm. I love this movie, uh, both as a child, and I've seen it recently, and I think it holds up quite well. Arthur, this movie is about a, uh, a gunfight tournament in the Old West, starring Sharon Stone doing a real, like, Clint Eastwood uh, no-name yeah. type thing. Yeah. Uh, it's also got a really young Leo DiCaprio as a young up-and-comer uh, gunfighter, and uh, the incomparable Gene Hackman as the uh, the villainous capitalist who runs the gunfight tournament nice. and the town. Yeah, it's uh, also got a bunch of great cameos. Oh, uh, Russell Crowe is the pale rider, man. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, Russell Crowe's the uh, the priest with a, a sketchy past. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, there, Keith David shows up. I've uh, always wanted to check this movie out. I just never got around to oh, it. Oh, so you are aware of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. aware. It, buddy, it's... I don't know the details. Like, I didn't yeah. realize it was about a gun tournament. Yeah. Yeah, Lance Hendrickson's in it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's a blast. super great. It's, yeah, lots of great cameos. So that, that I, You can't go wrong. And I think what this movie has that I, I think is really important for a good tournament movie is a bunch of wacky ass characters. Yes, I need to, and that's. I think Bloodsport's lacking that. I, I mean, Bolo Young is awesome. Yes. Uh, as the villain uh, of of Bloodsport, but I think a tournament needs like foes to be faced throughout and interesting, like colorful characters to get interested and invested in to keep you. you well, plugged like a in. Hassan, Do, who the 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 Arabian. Oh color. yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. The one of the more uh, racist features of yes, this film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we got sumo guy. You, <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Quick and the Dead. It's a better tournament movie. Yeah, Paco the Mutai. <laughs> I'm done. Dustin, what's your first tournament Mortal Kombat. Uh, uh, was it also? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, I was totally going to say Mortal Kombat as well. The Kung Fu's fun, and it's great. Uh, good one-liners. It's quippy. It's stupid as all get out. Um, and poorly performed uh, a lot of places. But there's also just some great stuff. You know, Christopher Lambert saying, I don't think so. Uh, Johnny Cage saying, now's the time when you fall down. It, it's just so much fun. And oh. there are... The 
the wacky characters that yeah. you sort of identify with, um, whether you know them or not. Uh, Scorpion saying, get over here. I yeah. mean, give me that for it. And that techno score, oh, which yeah. I owned and played a lot <laughs> in my 1987 Camaro that I drove at that time in my life. And uh, don't judge me. It's very, very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, love it. Uh, Mortal Kombat is definitely my number first pick to selection select as well. So your number next pick, Arthur Gordon, what is it? Uh, it's Warrior. Uh, nice. From, uh, with the, uh, the the much beloved Joel Egerton, as well as the fantastic Tom Hardy. Yes. I, 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 and the the great turn. Oh, my goodness. I forgot his name. The dad. Nick Patty. Nolte. Thank you, Nick Nolte. Uh, as, he got as nominated for an Oscar for that, right? I believe so, supporting. Yeah. yeah uh, he's great. It's a great turn for him in that movie. Um, but uh, what really drives this film, it's a, it's a great setup as a tournament. And this fun idea of this kind of freelance MMA tournaments, you know, definitely capitalizing on UFC, UFC at its peak or whatever. Um but the way they play it, and you know this kind of the the very uh, home hitting uh, down and out uh, teacher who's trying to make ends meet, uh, which speaks to a lot of people in the country right now. Um, you know, going through this tournament and adding all of those additional emotional uh, moments to the film, and, and then tying in the family thing with uh, Tom Hardy, I think it's just it it plays out brilliantly, and it doesn't do quite the same thing. As some of these other tournament films and giving these these different kind of archetype characters to go against, it's it's truly just about Hardy and Edgerton as they ultimate meet up uh, in the middle. So we don't really worry about the other fighters so much because uh, I don't think we ever doubt for a second that's going to come down to those two because that's you know what that's where everything's building. Oh yeah, but uh, it, it, it's able to subvert those kind of predictable storyline moments with this emotional core that's tying into that family story of the uh, the kind of prodigal son and and the, the the abusive father and and things like that and for them to kind of overcome that that battle as well is just really interesting i, I think it plays great and i think it holds up yeah i love warrior very very much i just recently saw it so yeah. that's pretty awesome all right what's your number next pick dalton stewart my next pick is also warrior uh i think it's a great film yeah, yeah i i'm just gonna second uh, what arthur said um, I, I like Evan Hood. Uh, I th- that's the director's name, right? That sounds familiar. That sounds correct. I think that's it. Um, I feel like uh, his movie, The Accountant, while flawed and not without problems, is also good. Like that's that's two really solid uh, action flicks, and I, I appreciate uh, somebody who makes action movies with a, a clear passion for the genre. I always do appreciate that, and I think Warrior has it. It has that heart, uh, but it also says, yeah, look, we made a fight movie, and we want to have good fights. It's it's not just the heart. Yeah. But the heart uh, of that movie is big and bro and weepy. And, uh, you know, I love me a good... Uh, uh, look, the only good movies about masculinity are the movies that exercise our, uh, our toxic masculinity demons through deep, deep sobbing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, And I think Warriors got that in spades. Yeah, absolutely. I cried a lot watching that movie. Okay, my number next pick is uh, starring Fred Savage, of course. I'm talking about The Wizard. Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, so it's a Nintendo tournament uh, featuring yeah. the uh, premiere of Super Mario Brothers through 4, the Super Mario World, right? Uh, which one is it? Yeah, Super Mario uh, hey, World. Hey, man, I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, the one where you sneak around up on the top and you can cheat. Um, but anyway, it, it's great. It's got a lot of video game stuff going on in it. It's a big nostalgia piece. Uh, lots of great kids stuff going yeah. on in it and it's just a fun idea for a tournament being video games instead of uh the combat sports so yeah it's fun i like the wizard a lot and that is my number next pick what's your number last pick mr arthur gordon i gotta shout out the junior goodwill games of uh, mighty ducks too there you go uh the ducks fly together uh and to me the first one's an okay movie but i think two and three are just 
lack of a better term, at another level, um, as the, the American cinematic masterpieces, the Mighty Ducks yeah. trilogy. <laughs> uh, but D2 does a, it, it takes what works best from one and then adds in more of these kind of over the top characters. And we get, uh, Keenan Thompson in there as well, you know, and we get the, uh, the rodeo kid and we get yeah. Lewis from, Orlando, who can speed skate but can't stop, and you know all these kind of fun personalities. A lot of really charismatic child actors too. Yeah. I mean, really selling their roles. Yeah, and the first one's a lot more grounded, but the second one really amps up this kind of cartoonish nature of the series, and really, I think it understands what it is at that point, and it just works so well. And it's just a fun. We get Iceland, the evil Icelanders, and you know people who follow the the marathon or the trilogy all know it's the Hawks. You know, again, right? No, I don't know this. The Hawks. It's always the Hawks. It's always the Hawks. The same actors, yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, all the way through. All three films. No kidding. Yeah, it's always the Hawks. Huh. It's just, you know, they're the Icelanders then, and then they're the Eaton Hall Warriors. But it's the same actors. It's always the same villain team. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, it's a How fun. How did I not know that? It's a great thing. But, what a hoot. Uh, yeah, it's a blast. Uh, and, and when we get to fun mix-ups, like, is it Fulton Reed or is it Reed Fulton? Like, we never know what his actual name is, like, because it switches between the movies. So, uh, but it's a good time. I, I, I definitely have the nostalgia goggles on uh, mm-hmm. for the Ducks films. And so that's my number one pick. All right. Your number last pick, Mr. Dalton Stewart, for favorite cinematic tournaments. Oh, really? Tr- truly one of the great ones. Uh, it's 2004's Dodgeball, a true underdog story <laughs> yeah uh, look i haven't seen this movie in a long time so i don't know how well it holds up but i do know this how many movies feature alan tudyk <laughs> as a man named steve the pirate who is so obsessed with being a pirate <laughs> that he walks around in pirate garb and says things like arg uh it, it's great it's like got justin arg. justin long getting hit in the face with wrenches ripped torn throwing wrenches at yeah. people uh and just a real peak uh, Vince Vaughn sleazy charm uh, role and, yeah. and uh, just look, White Goldman is one of the great sports movie villains. Uh, really, truly something special. I, I love me a good uh, unhinged Ben Stiller performance. Yeah, um, and I, I love anytime him and Christine Taylor get to play off of each other because. Yeah. Uh, no, they have a lot of fun with it. Uh, Christine Taylor is good in Vince Vaughn with those movies, but honestly, she has better chemistry in her scenes with Ben Stiller. Stiller. Yeah. Uh, those those are some of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that movie is absolutely buck wild, and that performance is such a great next evolution from Heavyweights. Mm, oh yeah, I mean, it's such a blast to see because it, it feels like that character again. It, oh yeah, no, there's time. there's some very popular uh, online uh, redditors or uh, Reddit theories about uh, White Goodman and uh, Tony Perkins. Is that his yeah. name? Being the same person? Or yeah, yeah I, I think that's a that's very fun. fun theory. Yeah, no, I I think uh, Dodgeball is a deeply underrated film, honestly. Uh, I hate to think about going and watching it and being proven wrong on how underrated it is, so I'm going to preserve the mystery. All right, I'm just going to prove you wrong anyway by selecting the greatest tournament film ever. okay. Which is obviously Enter the Dragon. No, okay, yep. Obviously Enter the Dragon. The only legitimate pick in this Uh, game. (laughs) Bruce Lee gets summoned up to a tournament. There is a... uh, The tournament's not really the main thing. I mean, he does work his way up through various characters, but it it ends up sort of going off the uh, actual bracket and becomes more about the sort of crime thriller part that is part of it as well. So we got John Saxon working in it. We've got Jim Kelly, who's later going to be Black Belt Jones. And, and you know, the introduction of MMA in that first fight with Sammo Hung, um, who's, you know, you don't realize is Sammo Hung uh, the whole time that they're fighting and uh, it's it's enter the dra- it's enter the dragon what what else do i need to say it's great yeah it's enter the dragon so uh it's peak 70s kung fu man yes it is i need to watch it oh yes you do we need to do an uh, episode about it honestly yes we do 
I could get behind all the that. episodes behind it. Um, I love Enter the. Well, anyway, so uh, my my loves uh, being what they are. But Enter the Dragon is the greatest of all time. If you wish to be wrong and argue the point, you may do so via social media and uh, add other selections. That's fine as well. Arthur, you got. I got to add an addendum because I can't forget, believe this slipped my mind. But I've got to mention Happy Gilmore. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I forgot that, that was a golf tournament, but that yeah. is what happens in that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. I, technically it's a tournament, so yeah, man, I, absolutely. I, I'm sorry I forgot that movie. No, man, I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. It's it's weird to think about there being a time when Adam Sandler made movies we like. Yeah. <laughs> I guess as a company to that is a Tin Cups. Ooh. Tin Cups a lot of fun, too. You know, is it golf tournament? Yeah, like who's in that? Go. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said Moneyball, but it's not really a tournament movie, but kind of becomes a tournament movie because you know. Baseball is a tournament. Yeah. At a point. That's yeah. true. They're, they're, they're. All sports become playoff uh, tournaments if you go long enough. At except some football. point. Yeah, well, except football. Well, so football's got the tournament with the playoffs. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, NCAA. Oh, play- oh yeah. 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 See? Yeah. They, they, there we are. They, they took away the bowls. So. Every, everything is tournaments. Yes. Everything is a tournament. So there you go, dear listener. Those are our ideas. But I think now it's definitely time to get down to business. It's business. And we are back, dear listener, to bring you that analysis. We're going to try. Oh, I think the analysis is there. Okay, well, just the, the big E on the eye chart. This movie's racist. It's bad bit. racist. Okay, A little bit. So I will open up with the first sort of major big one, um, and then we can talk about just some of the other depictions of characters in the film. But the big one, as Dalton has already mentioned, is the way in which uh, white American fantasies about the martial arts um, always entail a white martial artist learning from an Asian master and the way in which superiority is established by the white American being able to defeat that which is Asian. Happens a lot. Happens a lot. I mean, we have it all the way in the moment where the magic of the ninjutsu that Frank Dukes is learning, that he's able to block a uh, karate chop during a a tea ceremony, um, all the way to finally defeating Bolo Young as Chung Lee. And we didn't even talk about this. Um, before we get there, Bolo's performance without a word is the most menacing, threatening thing ever. Oh, he's scary, dude. He's, Bolo Young's perfect. It's, it, it's really impressive. Yeah. He's one of the all-time yeah. great movie villains. Yeah, good, good villain. You know, he puts the heavy in heavy just with his left peck. Yeah, yeah. Bolo uh, Young is jacked. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. But that, that is sort of the thing. We find this in Kill Bill. We find this in, you know, any number of other um, American films that we, we, we see is that the idea of white saviors, the idea idea of, again, Americans can take anything that is a cultural relic, they can appropriate appropriate it, and not only can they appropriate it in a way that they have fluency, but they're better than the originals. And uh, that's what Frank Dukes is, and that's racist. It's gross. Um, there's other stuff that's racist in this film as well. Um, go All ahead. of it? Oh, do I have to? I, do, I don't want to talk give about us, it. Give us another cinematic example of the racism that is blood sport. Oh, there's a guy that, as far as we know, there, there's a black guy who fights like a, like a primate that's real gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's clearly from somewhere in Africa, and, yeah. he's, and he he's fights like, like a, a grass monkey. thing. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. It was real bad. Yeah. It's not a Zulu style warrior ship at <laughs> all. No. But it's just apeness because, you know, African Americans are simians, apparently. Well, this was a, an African person, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, because ugh, this is a gross movie. This yeah. movie's really gross. Yeah. I thought it was kind of neat when we first meet him because he's doing this really cool thing where he's cutting the coconuts open. And then they parlay it into his actual fighting style, and it's not. 
Good. No, it's very upsetting. But the, there is one thing that we need to point out, you know, that I think also points out the incredible racism of the film, and that is the one good tournament member who becomes a sidekick and pal to Jean-Claude Van Damme. A white American wearing a Harley Davidson t-shirt. Yes. Uh, All American American. Yeah, having a can of Miller Lite everywhere he goes. <laughs> Um, yeah, That's Ray Jackson is uh, that. But did you happen to notice his Harley Davidson um, T-shirt that he's wearing at the first part of the film? The Eagle Has Landed T-shirt? The Mm-mm. Eagle is on top of eating a dragon. Awesome. Checks out. But, 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 but wait. Oh, no. It's not awesome. Decode it for me, Oh, Dalton. no. It's not awesome, Dustin. Tell, I don't like it anymore. Tell me why it's so bad. Oh, it's racist because the eagle's America and the dragon's the east. That's right. Oh, it's gross and I don't like it. Yeah, it's super oh, not okay. I don't like it. We didn't even mention the, uh, the, the, the black fighter who does seem to be African-American who uh, the film really relishes that Jean-Claude uh, beats him after he's like uh, not a good sportsman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's gross too, huh? Yeah, yeah. This movie's bad. I well, don't like it. What about our, our Arabian fighter Hassan? Oh boy, with the tooth and the menace towards women. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, don't like that at all. Well, and when he loses his fight, how does he end up losing? I'm just going to ask these questions about the stuff in the film so we can exegete it. How does he lose the fight? He pretends to have been knocked out because he knows he's done because he's a coward. Yeah. So, yeah, these canon movies are upsetting. Yeah, it's not good. And American audiences loved it. Yeah. You know who uh, really loves this movie? Donald Trump. But, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Accurate? Yeah, no, you were correct. That, yep. that was the correct answer. <laughs> oh. I've read the interview. Yep. He does, re, re, oh, my gosh. Oh, this you is, you this thought is, I was doing a bit? No, I did think no, you were he doing really, a bit. This like, is from an interview in the 2000s, roughly? Or? I think this was during the campaign, actually. Was it? I think this was like 15 or 16. Okay. I think this is in the last two years, yeah. <sighs> yeah, he yeah. loves it. The interviewer, it's one of his favorite movies. The interviewer was on the plane, and uh, they were watching. They were watching another movie, but Trump didn't care for that, so they asked to put on Bloodsport. And then he had them fast forward through to all the action scenes, and he said it is a, a great movie, one of his favorite movies. Did he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Per this interview, yes. Uh huh. Oh, my heart it just uh-huh. aches. Uh-huh. He's going to the Kumite in South Korea or North Korea right now. Oh man! Look, I'm not one to pass judgment on people's taste in film. <laughs> Something I used to do as a young man, I try not to do. I try to keep an open mind and yeah. say whatever you like is valid. Sell me on uh, why it's better than I think it is. Uh, and honestly, you don't even have to do that. I appreciate everyone's tastes for what they are. That said, if your favorite movie is Bloodsport, you have not seen enough movies. No, it's not even a click a great. Kung Fu movie. No. There's better action movies. There's better tournament movies. We've talked about some of them. That, that just, you know, speaks to a, better a lack Dynamic of character. Movies. Well, there goes my soul. All right. Yep. Um, well, moving on. Let's talk about how gay this movie is. Oh. Because. Yes. It's up there with Predator. Oh, it's so good. Because this camera really wants to bang John claude Van Damme. Oh, man. This movie is so horned up for JCVD. We get the long, lingering shot as he pulls his wedgie out after mm-hmm. the, uh, the the night of romance with the female reporter. Love This movie loves those buns. Yeah, it Loves does. those quads. 
Ugh. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. And here's what's crazy about it is that it is all about these sort of pursuits of romance. And the uh, our female character, uh, what is her name? I don't even remember. Exactly. Uh, she's completely sidelined. Yeah, she is completely sidelined. And it, it's, there is definitely a romantic sort of plot that's going on between the two of them. But it is, again, totally sidelined. And the big romantic beats, I'm thinking specifically about the Buster Keaton chase scene, right, with uh, Forrest Whitaker. That, that that is that is the playful love story section. If this was ten things I hate about you, <laughs> it would be Heath Ledger and the girl Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles yeah. do, doing the paintball thing. Yep. That, that's exactly the same yeah. sort of uh, tone of it's, that moment. Yeah. It's the romp where the two at odds uh, uh, sparring partners find themselves uh, falling in love with each other. Yeah, deeply in love with each other. Yeah, it's, it's Julia Stiles making out with Heath Ledger uh, covered in paint, and it's also Ray Jackson and his relationship. The the the, the homosexual. That moment, that moment, Momi, that moment when John Claude Van Damme gives Ray Jackson his bandana back. I wanted them to kiss so bad. It is a beautiful moment. Hey, yeah. you ever need me? I'll be there. Yeah, it's a good moment. Sweet. <laughs> it's a it's a legitimately touching and sweet yeah. moment. And the whole time, the reporter again, whose name we don't know. Because I, well, look, I checked out during this movie a lot, let's be honest. Uh, she's just kind of sitting there smiling, going, oh, boys, the entire time they're being real sweet with each other. Yeah. 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 It's, it's got a good touch of that uh, point break goodness. Yeah. Well, and uh, just to pull in a little more Laura Mulvey here about the gaze of the, uh, of the camera here, just for a second. One of the things that she talks about with the, uh, the male gaze and the ways in which it fragments the female body, the great example being Lana Turner, shown from her feet and ankles and her legs and thighs up to her waist and her bodice, and then finally her you know, full shot as the lipstick rolls yeah, to her. It divides and, the female body up into yeah, pieces. And the postman always rings twice is sort of the, one of those great examples of it. Then she moves much more into Alfred Hitchcock films. But uh, that being said, the fragmentation of JCVD's body is hardcore in this film. It is about glutes and abs and biceps and buns. It is about him as an object for our pleasure. It is, um, and it is it's very much a, a gay-coded kind of pleasure. It's, it's aesthetically pleasing. Look, that's anybody who's going to tell you that part of the appeal of uh, action movies is not looking at jacked people. Is lying. Mm-hmm. That is part of the appeal of this type of thing. Yeah. I mean, you look back through, th- I, th- I think particularly 80s specifically, mm-hmm. I mean, you look back, I mean, citing two examples, let's look at uh, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Yes. Uh, we, we get those sequ- uh, sequences where he's doing his yoga or whatever it's it is. Tai Chi, baby. Tai Chi. Yeah, oily Tai Chi. Yeah. Uh, or, or Predator, like I, I name dropped earlier. I mm-hmm. mean, that movie... Is all about some guys bonding in the woods. Oh yeah, uh, rippling muscles and arm arm wrestling contests in the air and whatever they're doing. Uh, I I feel like it's just it's an eighties thing. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm here to tell you uh, as as one straight guy to the world, and I'm going to go ahead and speak for Dustin and Arthur too. And I say this, that's yeah, that's part of it. That's it's seeing these guys that are in way better shape than you could ever be in, and going, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Look, I watch wrestling, so I'm all about it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's what wrestling is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a real uh, hero fantasy, uh, you know, p- power thing. Yeah. Well, and then Richard Dyer talks about how the gays can be subverted in these kinds of films. That this sort of uh, this male, uh, this rather this sort of homoerotic gaze. And there's some films that do. I think Point Break, for Point instance. Break's a I think example. Catherine Bigelow is doing a lot of that on purpose. I think there is some intent behind a lot of the the gays in that film. But I think there is, um, as Dyer suggests, a reading against the grain here, where mm-hmm. we can see that there's there's a clear underlying homosexuality of this film, and that is uh, maybe slightly redeeming uh, towards the film. I 
I think it often that that really often works in the favor of a lot of uh, hyper masculine films it yeah. is an undercurrent of a homoeroticism really can help elevate something that is you know really problematic as we've talked about both racially and, and uh, sexually and, and along gender lines with that relationship that uh, Dukes has with the reporter. Um, it's gross and superfluous, and she's she's not really uh, a character. She's an entity that he uh, saves uh, from a brown aggressor and is rewarded uh, with intercourse. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. But what elevates that is these moments of of his more well drawn relationships with other men. Yeah. Uh, and it, it can. I think you're right. I think it can elevate this kind of gross stuff when you have this interesting subtext. So there, there's something that helps that a little bit. A little. I'm, I'm not going to say it redeems the film by any stretch, but it definitely helps a, a bit. Now, the last thing I, I think we need to talk about is we got to talk about Frank W. Dukes. we got to talk about this guy. And we got to talk about ninjutsu. And we've got to talk about the sort of um, the magic uh, Asiatic, you know, the sort of uh, Edvar Said's uh, idea of Orientalism. Well, so. we've got to talk about Dukes because I think it feeds into this, what is at the heart of this kind of story, right? Right. So what, why don't you, Dustin, give, give the listener a little bit of background on Dukes. Okay, so Dukes um, was probably in the Army. He wasn't, actually. It wasn't at all. Yeah, it has been proven Never at this point. Never was at all. I know that, so... Um, there is a wonderful podcast that's going to come up again later called How Did This Get Made about bad films. Um, there are also articles from Blake J. Harris who wrote Console Wars about the uh, Super Nintendo and uh, Genesis uh, war days. Uh, he does these these articles, these written interviews in conjunction with the podcast How Did This Get Made where he talks to people behind movies like this. And he talked to the screenwriter of Bloodsport. He also talked to Frank Dukes. Uh, I've only read part of the Frank Dukes interview, uh, but I read all the screenwriter one. The screenwriter was in Vietnam. Uh, and uh, it was, I think he was in the Corps. Uh, and I th- believe that was also the claim that uh, Dukes made. Was that I, he, my, I think he said he was in the Army of the Marines. I can't remember. But this guy was like, yeah, I took him at face value. Like, there were a lot of vets around, especially, like, in the film business. There were a lot of, especially in action movies, there were a lot of vets. So I just, you yeah, know, I took him at face value and didn't think anything of it. But, yeah, he, he confirmed that it has been proved at this point. He didn't serve at all. Well, yeah. uh, what, I, what I had heard last, when mm-hmm. I had last done research on this, that he had served with distinction and that none of the medals ever happened. And so Maybe that, that's what it was. That then. was a stolen vote. He never received any sort of medal at all. It was just a, an unremarkable soldier and was discharged. Yeah. Was what, it was what I had understood. But, nonetheless, he was not what he said he was on that because he said he was like some sort of black ops operative yeah no and so and also you know the Tanaka school of ninjutsu you know actually you can trace out the Iga and Koga traditions of uh, ninjutsu these two particular regions in Japan uh, which uh, did sort of specialize in ninja anybody who could be a ninja who was a person who did any sort of uh, covert operations ninjas were basically just spies in Japan but particularly there were like sort of these spy schools um, amongst the Koga and Iga clans uh, to particular places there in central Japan. And uh, there are no Tanakas. This guy did not exist. He made this stuff up. And then he reported the story to Black Belt Magazine in 1980, and it was a big success. And, of course, his newly founded form of martial arts called Duke's Ryu, right, his new ninjutsu school that he was uh, running in the United States, uh, would be sort of based on this. And the film and the, uh, and the ad in uh, Black Belt Magazine were all sort of things that set him forward to be this you know, new teacher of ninjutsu in the States as the ninja craze uh, took the world by storm throughout the 80s into the early 90s. So that's the sort of historical background. Um, the man is 
entirely full of crap. A fraud. Yeah. A fraud. Yeah, fraud. Uh, and uh, doesn't like it when people call him a fraud. No, not so much. Pretty pretty gross about it, it turns out, uh, from what I've heard. So, uh, look, let's just go ahead and say we're all talking over asses now in case Frank Duke sears us and uh, decides he's mad at us. Uh, Nah, he's old. I can take him. (laughs) So, yeah, I I think, Dustin, what that speaks to is a real braggadocio that this film has that is kind of antithetical to martial arts, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the whole... And this film tries to have its cake and eat it, too. It tries to have these moments of wisdom that, uh, you know, Shidoshi Tanaka tries to impart about, uh, you know, martial arts. And this movie will occasionally pay lip service to those things and then just be about being the the biggest cock of the walk, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that Frank Duke's uh, tendency to embellish, embellish, embellish his life story just speaks to the kind of personality that a lot of the bad uh, late 80s and early 90s American martial arts films have, uh, whether it's, you know, JCVD or Steven Seagal. Um, there are just a lot of misplaced moments of machismo throughout all of those films that are just kind of gross. Right. Uh, and, and again, seem antithetical to pursuits that are supposed to be about uh, harmony. Well, and here comes the thing about the Unlock Seekers. Now, I will not say that there is not a lot of mysticism and uh, mystique uh, mystification, really, and rather than mysticism, that surrounds the ninja sort of lore of Japan. That these uh, warriors were so able to covertly sneak into operations. Uh, there, there's some stories talking about uh, uh, Tokugawa Yesu uh, using a, a clan of ninjas to sneak into one of his enemy's castles, and basically they could go in at will. They could just get in the castle at will, get intelligence to come out, and like no one would ever know. And because they were good at sneaking around, pretending to be farmers and that kind of stuff. I mean, it was just standard using. Yeah, disguises. no, it wasn't even like sneaky, like climbing up walls and stuff. It yeah. was just good spy, spy trade craft. It's not Batman throwing smoke bombs no, and that kind of it's stuff. It's dead drops and misinformation. Yeah, and, and so th- I mean, that's really what it comes down to, you know. And I've read the Shonen Nikki, uh, and there are there is some talk about using powders and explosives. Oh and yeah, kind of, I mean, you know, those things are handy. you know spy stuff. Yeah, yeah, but th- th- exactly, just the best technology of the time being used uh, for covert operations. What happens in this film is what happens throughout American film regarding ninjas, which it turns them into magic, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot block a karate chop blind. You cannot beat up Bolo Young if you can't see. You cannot snatch a goldfish out of a pond. You just... No. Well, you you might be able to snatch a fish out of a pond. I mean... You know, the fish is big, big enough. N- well, yeah. noodling's when you stick your hand in a hole and the fish is already there. I know people could pull fish out of the water. Is my point, but you're right. No, <laughs> no one's no one's yanking koi out of the pond. No, it's not. No, it just doesn't work. But what it does do is make this thing magical. And again, those magic codes are unlocked by the even more proficient melting pot American. Right. And the melting pot American can do so, can harness that magic and then transmute that magic to others because he's better than an Asian anyway, because he doesn't have all that other sort of Asian baggage to go along with him. Um, and it becomes what Edward Said talks about. The Orient always is, as is defined in sort of literature and culture, is the Orient is that which is not the Occident. It is simply defined as its otherness. What's Occident? Occident is the not East. Okay. So thank the West. You. So the Occident is us. Gotcha. Right. And so we Occidentals are simply defining ourselves as not them. And so here we have this, uh, again, you are not Japanese, you are not a Tanaka, and you're not one of us, and yet you're the best of all of us. And you're going to be better than all of us, and you know the magic more than we do. And there are ways in which they lie to talk about this magic. I I read The Mind of the Ninja by Stephen Hayes not very long ago. What's this? Uh, It's magic. It sounds gross. It's stupid. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm all for it. There's some ninjutsu schools um, in uh, Japan and even in the States, which teaches some martial well, yeah, arts. Because ninjas did martial arts. Yeah. and But this thing, it's not Stephen Hayes. It's uh, another kid that wrote Stephen Hayes is the guy that was a teacher of it. Mm. Um, and this is a book uh, about this guy being full of shit? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no. It's about, it, about, about how to do it. Oh, good. How, how to learn the magic. Boo. How to say the mantra. And then suddenly you can pick up a washing machine when it's falling down the stairs. Oh, brother. And that is a, a, a completely sincere account. Oh, these boys are trying to get people hurt. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. But this idea of turning them, again, into these sort of magical entities that exist only for their ability to provide magical resources for white people to be able to do awesome stuff. And I just want to say, ugh and gross. Yeah, it's not good. And so what it does is it further others... It further distances, it further, um, it disrespects the culture. Hey, yeah, white guys uh, who do martial arts, don't, don't get too into it. Yeah. Look, there's, there's an acceptable level to appreciate the culture of, of China and Japan and Korea and other places that uh, import, uh, other, other, lots of countries import martial arts to the United States. Don't, don't be gross about it. Well, you know what you need to do is you need to be a student. Yeah. And recognize that you will always be a student. It's not your thing, dude. Yeah, it's not your thing. Now, that's not to say that someone can't get a black belt. Oh, yeah, else and, and be very good and be a good yeah. teacher. But that's not, this is not my stuff. This is somebody else's stuff. And I'm a steward of what belongs to others, not the person who can do better and the best and found my own school, Dukes Ryu, and uh, take over, which is just janky, ugly, and gross. So. Yeah, if you want a thing that's just yours with no baggage, go box. Yeah, yeah. There's no baggage there. It's a, it's a, that is a, a, an English and American invention. So, yeah, go do that. Otherwise, don't be fine. Well, actually, it's a Greek invention, but well, you get the idea. Yeah. Modern modern traditions. There's There are ways to engage with these things that are, are not loaded uh, if you really want to go full hat into it, mm-hmm. right? All right, absolutely. But anyway, um, Frank W. Dukes can die in a fire, and uh, we don't Whoa, care. I didn't say that. I said it. I don't like him. I'm all. always afraid we're going to get too famous for us to be saying things like uh, that. Uh, yeah. Well, probably not. Odds no. of that are slim. Hey, look, th- this is on the internet. It's written in ink. So hey, just, you know what? A fake Kumite Look, tournament. If that something exist. bad happens to Frank W. Dukes, Dustin had nothing to do with it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I didn't say I was going to light the fire. I just you didn't said have to. If he was, yeah, I know. If He's, he was on fire, I wouldn't cross the street to pee on him. That's all. <laughs> this guy just does not care about his criminal defense whatsoever, Arthur. No. I mean, Arthur Germany. may be a simple country lawyer today, but <laughs> he knows a thing or two about the law. I'm never going now, to. I might prison. just be a simple country lawyer. <laughs> thank but you. thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not going back to prison. Well, does, so. does anybody have anything else that they would like to say about uh, Canon Films Bloodsport? Nope. Nah. Yeah, me neither. All righty. Well, there we'll you put go. Put this piece of shit to bed. That is our analysis. Let's render a verdict. Shell for trash, Elser instead. Arthur, shell for trash, Elser instead. Uh, I think the answer is obvious on this one. I'm going to go ahead and throw that there in the trash. Uh, you don't need to watch this. Boo. Oh, sorry, Dustin. I know you love it for some reason. Uh, else instead, I want to say uh, let's get some Warrior in there. Definitely check that out. Uh, it's a feel-good movie of whatever year that was. Uh, 2011. Ah, there you go. Uh, I also want to say The Karate Kid. Yes. Uh, uh, which I do enjoy. Uh, if if uh, you want to see uh, something that was better for Jean-Claude Van Damme not being involved, to go watch Predator. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, if you want to see something real interesting, go uh, go pick out some wrestling matches featuring uh, the one and only uh, real deal Rob Van Damme, uh, whose whole gimmick was inspired by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Nice. Uh, and looked a lot like uh, JCVD as well. It, not an insignificant amount. Uh, and he could do a lot of the same uh, the, the maneuvers, which uh, he's, he's really uh, fun to watch. And so uh, go check that out if you want something a little different in your life. 
All right. Well, thank you for that. What do you say, Dalton? Shove trash elsewhere instead. Dad, wherever you are uh, out in the cosmic universe, I'm sorry. Blood sports a piece of dog shit. Uh, it's not good. It's bad. It's a bad martial arts movie. There are much better ones. It's got to go. Um, there's better JCVD movies. Time Cops, wacky as shit, uh, and has all kinds of goofy stuff in it. I'm pretty sure Time Cop holds up better than this. Uh, Hard Target involves him like catching a rattlesnake, I think. Yeah, nice. and, and uh, being hunted for sport. That movie's wild. You don't need blood sport. Uh, go watch Mortal Kombat if you, if you want this kind of wacky martial arts tournament. That's why I actually didn't mention it in tournaments. I'm glad Arthur did. Uh, I think uh, Mortal Kombat gives you everything you want out of blood sport in a much more digestible package. Uh, the times that it's gross are not nearly as gross as this movie. The times that it's wacky are dialed way louder. Uh, and I don't know how on purpose the, the wackiness in that movie is either, but uh, I know it's much more fun. Uh, and the fight scenes are better. Uh, there's There really are some legitimately pretty good fights, uh, both in uh, the uh, 95 Mortal Kombat and the really bad 97 sequel. Uh, both way more fun than this movie. So if you want something shitty and bad with good fights, go watch those movies. Uh, what else should you watch? Uh, the Electric Boogaloo uh, documentary that we've all seen. Uh, it is a great little slice uh, of time and kind of shows you how these bad movies came to exist. Um, the weird thing about that documentary is it's a little bit too nice to its subject uh, subjects, I think. Uh, these cousins uh, from Israel that, that came over to the United States and set up this, this company. Um, you hear some pretty gnarly anecdotes about these guys and the way they treated people. And uh, they are kind of treated as, well, weren't they just two wacky, passionate guys? No, they were kind of monsters and, and you know, were part of an environment that was abusive uh, in Hollywood at that time and that persists to this day. So, no, they were not good and cute. Uh, they were purveyors of fascistic cinema. And, um, frankly, I'm glad Canon Pictures went out of business. Fuck them. All right. Well, there you go. But it's a really good watch. It's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see how movies like Bloodsport came into the world. Uh, it, it really is quite fascinating. So, if nothing else, check that out. Lastly, I would recommend from last year the South Korean film The Villainous, which I just watched this weekend. Um, think of it as a, a South Korean atomic blonde because the director of that film also uh, has done a lot of stunt work in his life. Uh, went on to his directorial debut, and it's... It's a film that uh, mixes uh, Korean melodrama with, seriously, some of the most gonzo fight scenes I've ever seen. There is a fight scene in this movie that's a sword fight on a motorcycle. I watched like, that with you. Yeah. I yeah. watched that part. Yeah, it's like four people sword wild. fighting each other. I'm all in. Yeah. the op- insane. The opening of the movie is like an eight-minute uh, GoPro Hardcore Henry-esque fight that transitions out of that uh, when the protagonist, when she gets uh, thrown at like a big dance mirror. Um, yeah, it's, it is a wild time, uh, full of some, some truly incredible fights and including one, uh, involving her using a car to propel her, uh, onto a bus. Uh, she's driving the car with a water bottle, uh, uh, on the gas pedal and she's steering from the hood of the car. It's, it's wild. It is, it is a buck wild film. It's on Hulu right now. I cannot more highly recommend it. That is what you should go watch instead of Bloodsport this weekend. All right. I like the sound of that quite a bit. Um, I am going to say that uh, you shelf it just because I think it is an interesting artifact. Um, yeah, fair. And it's a movie that I, I hold near and dear to my heart, but it is a definite soft shelf uh, for me, for sure. Um, what else you should watch? Warrior already mentioned I think would be a great pairing with it. I think Enter the Dragon that I mentioned in the gameplay would also pair very, very well uh, with this film. And I think really then you've got to get in the world of Wuxia. I think you've got to check out Hero. Um, 
Zhang, Zhang Jimu's uh, hero is a Skip great movie. martial arts film that is using Chinese actors, uh, dealing with uh, very, very Chinese issues and bits of Chinese history, and uh, is a much better film by far. It's more in that wuxia genre, so there's a bit more wirefu, but the martial arts themselves are really impressive, and the color coding just makes it fascinating. So those are my recommends. Dear listener, if you have your own recommends, you may do so via the magical means of social media already mentioned and i guess we're going to do one more show so next week yeah this is the last one one more show that's what i'm gonna say every week we're just gonna do one more show just one more show one just more in case sh- something happens we're gonna do one more show um what are we gonna do next arthur uh well i was recently eating my uh, hershey's chocolate bar and i found these golden tickets uh and we're going to uh tour a factory uh with one mr uh, willy wonka and see what his chocolate factory is all about with the late great gene Wilder. That's right. The original, not that Johnny Depp movie. Yep. So no. uh, fun times will be had. You know, I've never actually seen the original Willy Wonka. Holy really? shit! Really? 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 Dustin? Really? 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 You're in for a trip. That blows my mind. Really? Really? I gotta go. Like I understand, like the whole like there are a lot of movies thing. Like I understand that, the, but that one's wild. That's just like I, I don't know. I thought kids watched that one. I I, I didn't watch. They that. showed that movie to us at daycare. A bunch. Were you scared? Uh, you mean by the, the the tunnel scene? I don't recall that really bothering me. Um, I, I remember realizing just how upsetting it was years later, but I don't yeah. recall it bothering me at the time, no. It was the Wizard of Oz for me, I guess, instead. Maybe okay. That, maybe maybe. that's just the option. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, I'm going to take a look at it. we should pair both of those movies. That's a good day. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to come up with some real interesting Elser Instead programming for next week. Okay. I'm going to try anyway. All right. Well, American Psycho? <laughs> Obviously. So uh, there you go, dear listener. We're going to take a look at Willy Wonka and his amazing chocolate factory starring Gene Wilder. We're going to eat some chocolates. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, to have a conversation, watch Bloodsport, watch Willy Wonka, watch anything and talk to somebody. Because that's what makes watching the movies so worthwhile. So you keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all oh. next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Good Trash Genre Cast, a product of Good Trash Media. Uh, for more uh, from Good Trash Media, go to goodtrashmedia.com. Uh, our intro music was a composition original uh, from Aaron Rodgers. No, not that Aaron Rodgers. And our outro music this week is none other than Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas.